Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Amen. Making sure you're letting God. All right, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So this morning... uh, and this week, as I was praying and I was, I was asking God, saying, God, what, what should we focus on this week? You know, I, I, I believe that it's a, uh, it's a consistent issue or a problem, you know, that, that believers have as far as resting in the peace of God and allowing him to provide, uh, to provide, to protect, and to secure our promise of a secure future as far as keeping our peace. So if you want a title for the message today, today the title of the message is Persistent Peace. Okay, so let's look at the definition of persistent just to give us a little bit of understanding. We, we tend to know what peace means, but let's look at this word persistent and use that kind of the framework to kind of point us in the direction of how we're going to focus on peace today. So the word persistent means continuing firmly or resolutely in the course of action in spite of di- difficulty and opposition. Anybody ever went through difficulty or opposition in their life? Every other day, almost, sometimes, right? It's going to happen, but persistent, continually, firmly, resolutely. So some synonyms to, to, uh, to reinforce the same word is unrelenting, constant, relentless, pushy, continual, lasting, remaining, and enduring. So whichever one of those words work for you, if you don't like persistent, Use that as your definition. Unrelenting peace, constant peace, pushy peace. That's kind of all in your face, right? It's like, man, it's getting a little too close, right? So this kind of peace is, is the kind of peace that Father God desires each of us to rest in on a regular basis. Rest in it, okay? So John 16, this is going to be kind of a, some of the framework of the scripture we're going to use this morning. John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Man, this is such a, an awesome scripture because it clarifies the place that we should rest and dwell and remain in. When we look at that passage, it says that, that you, so that you, so that in me, so in, in Jesus, that you may have peace. It's something that, that Christ Jesus gives to us. It's not something that we conjure up and say, oh, I'm going to get this peace working for me. Peace is only something that God can give, that God gives. It's not necessarily something that, that we can kind of conjure up and we can cause ourselves to live in. So the challenge here is if I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is going to be very, very difficult to walk in in persistent peace because I do not know the giver of the persistent peace. We're going to cover a little bit in a minute that, you know, peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift given by God. It's something that grows. It's something that is given to us for our benefit. Okay. So how many of you know that when we know the outcome of something, it's sometimes easy to have peace, right? When we know what, it's, what the end of the road is going to look like. The, 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 the issue is, is that when we don't know the outcome of something, it, 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 you know, when we know the outcome, it instills peace within us. But when we don't know the outcome of a situation, that's when stress, uncertainty, and maybe fear of the unknown start all of a sudden 
firing on all cylinders, and it causes that peace all of a sudden to kind of, man, am I, am I really sustaining peace through this, or am I losing my peace, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about what peace is intended to, to be and how we're to function in peace. Also, Galatians 5, that 23 through 23, it says, but the fruits of the Spirit, you got, you little, you kiddos, have y'all been learning the fruit of the Spirit? Anybody know them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. No? They're all looking at me. First time they heard it. <laughs> Miss Monica, we're going to have a conversation later. Play some of those songs. So, fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. So, you didn't say it. Okay. So we have to understand that peace is one of those fruits. Okay? So, uh, and, and that, that, that gift is given by the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand the giver of the gifts is always the Holy Spirit. The deposit, the hope in which we have to be successful in this lifetime, all of those things are given through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the ultimate giver of the gifts. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive these gifts, and God gives those gifts sometimes in different measure. You guys have ever went to the flower shop, and you can buy plants in different, different sizes. The smaller the plant, the cheaper it is. The bigger the plant, the more expensive it is for the exact same plant, okay? So I don't always know at what measure. It seems like some of these gifts, sometimes God gives us more measure than others, and some have to be cultivated and have to grow until we start functioning and living and thriving in them. Now, a lot of us say, man, patience. I wish I had a big tree of patience because I got a little seedling, and my patience is about this much. You know, we just think about it, all of these gifts, all of these fruits of the Spirit that are within us. So when we talk about peace, this is something that, ha that is going to grow. It's going to be cultivated. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And verse 7, this is really where we want to focus at. And it says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So today we want to make sure that we walk away understanding what the point of peace is. What does peace do? So in this passage right here, what does it say? It says that it will what? Guard. You know, I hear a lot of times, you know, I was really challenged. I was looking at all the scriptures that talk about peace. I hear a lot of people saying that peace dictates the perfect will of God, that I'm, that I'm driven and I'm directed by peace. But in this passage, peace is described as a guard, not as a compass. Okay? Because, well, because what this is saying, it says, I don't have peace about this, therefore it's not the will of God, therefore I stop. Scripture says nothing that I've, I've looked at so far that has dictated that peace is the compass in life, but it is a guard for your heart and for your mind. Because there's different tools that God gives us for different reasons. He doesn't want just one tool that, does, that just guards one area of our life. He's given us multiple weapons to fight in this life to make sure we're successful in every area of our life. Okay? So peace, it says it, it's able to, it, it surpasses all understanding. So what does that mean? As educated and as sophisticated as your mind is, it surpasses any understanding that you have. So what does that mean? Well, 
Whatever you're going through and your mind has made this so immaculate, this huge issue in your life, it says that the peace of God surpasses that. It's bigger than that. There's nothing that your mind can freak you out, freak you out enough about that the peace of God can't override. Every single time at every moment in your life. So that changes everything. You mean that there's nothing so big that I should get so irked out that I cannot function in this life? Not if you're allowing the peace of God to do what it's intended to do. But when we walk without peace, it does not guard our heart, it does not guard our mind, and therefore we're susceptible to everything that the enemy tells us. All of it. How many of you guys know when you're walking through a hard time and you start trying to, see, to figure out what the end is going to look like? You guys have ever had an issue where you're gonna ha- you'd had to address somebody, you offended them or you made them mad, and you're thinking, man, this person's going to get mad, they're going to blow up, we're not going to be friends. Your brain starts cranking on all cylinders, and you build it up to be something huge, and then you finally get the guts to go do it, and you're like, hey, man, I know you're probably going to blow up, you're probably because you're, you're thinking all this, this is what your mind's created, and you go to that person, you're like, man, I'm so sorry I did this, and they're like, oh, that's cool, thanks, man. What? My mind escalated the situation beyond understanding to the place of where stress and worry and confusion and all of these things were happening. But I can rest in a spirit of peace that guards my mind and guards my heart to where I don't have to worry and fret about the outcome. And understanding who God is allows me to to dwell in that peace. Because there's a variable that God wants us to do, but there's a huge part that God wants to do in our lives. And he just kind of, he's kind of like one of those that just says, hey, just sit back and watch this, buddy. You know? That's what he wants to do. But the, the peace of God, it's bigger than our understanding, and it is used as a guard to guard our hearts and our minds. So the place where persistent peace is shaken is often in our soul of our being. So the soul, we got to be reminded that it consists of our mind, will, and emotions. So in our mind is where we fight against persistent peace that God desires us to rest and to dwell in or to live in. So no, you're telling me we're supposed to live in peace every single day of our life? Absolutely. It's a state of being. It's not something that, that I just, you know, some days I have it, some days I lose it. God's ultimate design is that every single day that you would equip yourself with peace. Every single day. Let's look at Mark 4. 35 through 41. How many of you kiddos know the story about the disciples on the boat and the storms came and what happened? What was Jesus doing in that boat when the storm came? Sleeping. Sleeping? So Jesus was sleeping and the storms were blowing and what were the, what were the disciples doing? They were what? Yelling? What kind of yell? That calm? Anybody else? Any other kid got a better yell? This is your chance to shine. Yell in church. Like that. Levi nailed it. They, they were, there was fear shaking them, right? So what did Jesus tell them? He says, we're going to go on the boat and we're going to go from this side to the next, right? I'll just paraphrase this story, make it a little bit funner for everybody involved, right? So it says that they that he said, let's go to the other side. And he was tired. He wasn't worried about it. He was asleep on the boat. Was he in a deep sleep or he was in a light sleep? Light sleep. So if the boat is rocking 
And, and one says that the boat began to fill up with water. So this was not a, yeah, you know, like you're just in the tub, a little bit of splashing, right? This is monsoon waves, everything. They, in their mind, thought we are going to die. And Jesus was sleeping. So you think Jesus was snoring? Did Jesus snore? How do you know? Maybe. Maybe? If he was sleeping real, real good, that's when Becky says, I snore the best. When I'm sleeping real, real good. And just like when you sleep real good, what does your wife do, man, when you're sleeping real good and you're snoring? Hey, get up! Don't you know we're about to drown in this storm? So those disciples were being just like our spouses. Concerned. I don't think they're concerned about if we're alive or we're going to stop breathing or not. But, but it says that these disciples were fearful for their life. And Jesus gets up, wipes the sleep out of his eyes, kind of discombobbled. Man, man, you know, man, it is kind of rocking. What's going on? And he stands up and he says, peace be still. And then what happened when Jesus said that? What happened to the waves? Everything stopped. And what, how did, what did the disciples, what was their response at that time? What does it say? That they were what? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So there was even a lack of understanding of who Jesus was even to the disciples at that point. The authority that he had here on the earth. So when we look at Scripture, that when, you know, when Jesus was here on the earth, He commanded us, He showed us the authority that He had here on the earth. And now He sits before God, and He gives us that same authority. So kiddos, if you're ever in a situation that's scary or that's terrifying, we can call on Jesus, and He's going to help us. He never sleeps so hard that He can't be awakened. But when He says it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. All right? Peace be still. And Jesus calmed the storm. The disciples were fearful. They didn't have an understanding of who Jesus was. Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. So as we go through this, make sure we're, we're looking at all of these attributes of who God is. When I have an understanding of who God is, I rest more assured in trusting who He is rather than the situation or, or trying to control the outcome of my life. We're so concerned about what's going to happen to us and is everything going to be okay? And what if something bad happens to me? Because we see it to our left and we see it to our right and sometimes it hits home and it, and it deals with us. But if we have a, an understanding of who God is, we can rest assured that it is going to be okay. Because Jesus is always in the boat with us and he all promises to journey with us throughout our life. So we, I've been meeting with a few pastors on a weekly basis and we've been covering, uh, we've been focusing on the attributes of God. The qualities or characteristics of who God is. So some of these that we've been looking at have been, you know, omniscient, which is all-knowing, that God is all-knowing. Omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. Uh, omnipotent, which means God is all-powerful. Sovereign, which means that He is the supreme ruler. And then this last week, we talked about that God is perfect. So we got to that attribute of who God was, saying that He's perfect. Well, if I understand that God is perfect... It makes all the other attributes a little bit easier to digest. 
Those attributes are still mind-blowing if we think about it, that God is everywhere, that God can do whatever he wants, but God is God. Does he understand? You know, we get into this deep theological thinking of who God is, but when we understand that God is perfect, that means however it plays out, it's still perfection. Nothing slipped through the cracks without God knowing. And it, may, it causes our confidence in God to grow. Because I'll tell you what, I don't want to be all-knowing. I don't want to see everything going on everywhere. I don't want to be all-powerful within my own strength. But I do want to serve a God that has all of those attributes available. And to put my trust and my confidence in who, in who He is. But when we look at each of these perspectives of who God is, it causes our opinion or perspective on God to, it develops the framework for who we believe God to be. So if we're going to live in peace, we've got to have a good understanding of who God is if God is the giver of peace. Because first off, I may think that God is not a God of peace because look at my life. Look at everything I'm going through right now. How is God the author and the perfecter of peace in my life? But I have to have a good basis of understanding of who God is. So we have to allow God to be released into our lives to do what only he can do. Those disciples, they got to the place of where we better wake Jesus up. We're all going to die. You know, I don't know why they got to that threshold of like my life is I'm going to we're all going to die. Please wake up now. I might have kind of just, you know, that. Hey, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I ran into you, Jesus. It's getting kind of bad out here, like up until the point of like. Scared to wake them up? I don't know. You know, I don't know why they got to that place before they asked Jesus to help. You know, I know that there's a principle as far as a faith principle that Jesus was showing them because he said, ye of little faith, how long will I be with you? And he gives this a huge explanation, but it was a faith deal, right? It was a testing of what we did or didn't have. Well, until we go through something in this life, we really don't know what we're made of. Until our faith is tried, we don't know if we have solid faith or shakable faith. You know, uh, I mean, it's just, you, you think about it, we don't really know, we're in this comfortable limbo of not really, man, do I have strong faith? Do I have, you know, but the challenges of life cause faith to grow. And just like the challenges of life will show you if you have peace or not. Do we lose our peace every moment something hard comes our way? So we need to live in peace. We need to rest in God being in control rather than ourselves being in control. You know, deep down, I really believe that we are all, all have some portion of, of, a, of a, where we desire to be in control to some degree. Like some people are like, oh, I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to make any hard decision. You make the hard decision. But deep down, we all have this small measure of being a control freak to some degree. Deep down, you know, you may say, oh, no, I'm humble. I, you know, I support others. But you got an opinion deep down somewhere of wanting to be in control, of controlling the outcome, of being, you know, and I know uh, with your children, this is a whole new perspective because you got to kind of let them go. And, man, we want to just, oh, put the, put the bubbles around them, keep them safe where no harm would come. You know, we want to be in complete control of the outcome. You know, but being, being uh, out of control, it doesn't allow, you know, it, we, we can't. When we're, when we're out of control, we still, it's hard because we don't know the outcome. But we want to control every variable so we can ensure the outcome. Let's look at this one passage, see what we can learn from it. Acts 5, 38 through 39. 
It says, therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Verse 39. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. So we'll use this to support the idea that when we fight against God, we can be sure that all of our efforts will fail. If we're fighting against God, if we're trying to do something contrary to the will of God, or we're trying to be God so that we, we might glorify him for our own glory. Because there's a difference between God receiving glory and God being glorified through our lives and us taking control of every facet and every variable of our lives. So by releasing God into our given circumstances, we can ensure victory, listen to this, regardless of our contributions. So what does that mean? So living in peace is living in what God can do rather than what we can do within our own strength. We have to be reminded that we serve a more than able God who can handle whatever it is that we're going through. You might say this morning, well, Noah, you don't understand. No, I don't, but God does. And there's nothing that can slip, slip the grasp of in what is ever is in God's hands. There's nothing that he can't handle. So there's nothing that God can't do and won't do for those that have been called his own. Ephesians 3.20, it says, now, that he, now to him who is able to, to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, he is able to do so much more than we could ask. I mean, I think sometimes we ask God because of our limited understanding of who God is, and we ask just for a smidgen, and God says, oh, man, sit back, watch this. I'm about to blow your socks off. That's all you're asking for, son? <laughs> watch this. Daddy's got this. And then he gives us immeasurably more than we ever ask because that's who God is. Because when we know who God is, we can place our peace in him and rest in who God is rather than ourselves. So we, we so often want to help God by our own contribution. Anybody ever done that? God, let me help you with that. You're not moving quick enough. Or God, you're doing the wrong thing. Let me help you. And I feel like God has the potential to treat us just like a mosquito if we're not careful. Gotta, we got to really understand who God is and how, how big and mighty and which, thank God, he doesn't spite us every time we're ignorant. We'd all be squashed mosquitoes today. But just think that, you know, when it's buzzing right there, and you know how it always, and you're kind of like, get, get away, and he never misses. Right? We've got to understand that God does not need our contributions near as much as we think. But in reality, he, do, he, does, he doesn't want us doing anything except releasing him into our situ, situation so that he might receive all of the glory and the honor. That's the whole point in all this. God wants to receive glory. So we wonder why we get so stressed out. But when the outcome begin, uh, depends on God rather than ourselves, that should reduce stress drastically. Okay? God has to be in control. So the outcome has to be dependent on God rather than ourself. And that's the problem. When we're, trying, when we're faced with controlling the outcome, it could potentially fail. I'm not saying that some things we put our hands to don't succeed. 
But there's always that significant risk that when I'm in control of a situation, it has, the, has a lot of potential to fail. So peace is intended to guard and protect us, not direct us. It guards our hearts and minds. The Holy Spirit is our guide in our checks and balances in following the perfect will of God. So we're guided, we're guarded by peace, but we're led by the Spirit. And when those two work together, man, it is such a peaceful, restful state because, man, I have protection. I have my heart and my mind guarded so that I'm not attacked by the voice of the enemy speaking all this destruction. My, my, my mind, God has said to my mind, peace be still. And it's, called, it's, it's fallen into the obedience of Christ. And then when all of that is stilled, just like that moment once the storm quit raging, then the disciples could hear the voice of God. Well, when the peace of God is, is enveloped around your whole life, then we can hear the Holy Spirit within, within us lead us and guide us. So it's the peace that guards and it's the Holy Spirit that leads. Because I'll tell you what, your peace will shake. And you'll say, oh, I lost my peace today. Therefore, God abandoned me. Therefore, I don't know what to do. No, you always know what to do. That shaking of your peace, them disciples lost every peace they had when that boat almost tipped over. There was no, there was no, no strand of peace left because I believe that peace was tied to their faith. John 16, 13, it says, but he, the, the spirit of, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Ephesians 2, 9, it says, not by works so that no one can boast. It's not by what we do. It's about what God does. Okay, peace is a gift that God gives us to guard and protect the areas that the enemy, that the enemy of this world is after, our hearts and our minds. We have to understand what the enemy is after. He, he, he comes to kill, steal, and des destroy. He's the author of confusion. So if you're, if you're going through something right now and you're like, man, I can't think straight, man, I'm just, I'm concerned, I'm worried, I'm overwhelmed. Well, I can guarantee you, all, every single one of those things that you just said, that is not the result of a mind being guarded by the peace of God. That's an unguarded mind susceptible to the enemy, and he's tearing your butt up. That's what it's all about. So whatever's raging in your life, you say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. Peace come and secure my heart, secure my mind. And then Holy Spirit speak and tell me what to do. Because when all of those variables start working together, we will know what to do and we won't be shaken. And perhaps we would be sitting there sleeping right next to Jesus. Because what he said was, would happen would happen regardless of our efforts. So let's look at that story one more time. They were doing everything in their strength to change the outcome. But the only one that could cause the, the right outcome was Jesus. We need to start at that place. I don't know if that means Jesus, don't ever go to sleep in my boat, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, you know, it just for that, for that moment. But I, I believe that God is a God who never sleeps. He never grows weary. He never grows tired. Even when we sleep on our beds, he's our defender. And, he, and he's there having watch over us. John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
So he gives a little bit more clarification when he says, my peace I give you. What that should be doing, it should be guarding your heart. It should, it should be guarding your mind. And fear is also brewed in the mind. We have to understand that, man. You can get so fearful in your mind just by chewing over whatever you're going through to an unhealthy manner. And this is not God's best for us. He says, rest and dwell and be in who I am. I don't just give you your own peace, but whose peace did he say he would give us? My peace I give you, which is without measure, that will be provided and will be applied to every, every season of your life. So the word will give you false peace and false comfort. The peace that God gives is, is perfect and wonderful and unmovable. A troubled heart or living, is fear, or living in fear is a sign of not living in peace. You know, I can, uh, I mean, there's been times in my life when I've made bad choices and I'm fearful of the consequences. And I can say I was fearful in those moments. But for the most part in my life, I feel that I walk in peace. I don't walk around and say, oh, man, I've got to be careful. I'm trying not to die today. Like, I mean, you know, there's no, like at what point, you know, you can live so fearful that, you know, I mean, I just really don't. There's always things that we're going through in our lives. There's challenges, you know, that Becky and I are working through right now, but I still feel peace. My peace is never lost, but what, I, what we're at right now in our lives is saying, Holy Spirit, where do we go? What do we do? What steps do we take? If the, you know, if the enemy tries to crack in our little perfect peace bubble that God is in, enveloping us in, we just say, oh, no, get out. You don't disrupt peace. We allow that peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts to guard our minds, and then we say, Holy Spirit, please speak. It's the cocktail of success right there. Resting in peace that guards our heart and mind and being led by the Spirit of God. If you'll ap apply those, those, just those few things in your life, your life will drastically change. But His peace He leaves with us. John 14, 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, so the type of peace that the word talks about is given by God through Jesus. It's a gift that he has given us because of his gracious favor on our lives. We got to understand that God wants us being so successful in this lifetime to, to be the most stress-free, carefree, low blood pressure kind of people on the planet. You know, and I can, you know, I can tell, it's like, man, I, my blood pressure might be high right now. You know, like, you know, moments of our life where the circumstances of life all around us cause our body to respond, respond in an unhealthy manner. But there's something that supersedes our mind and is bigger than our situation. And that's that persistent peace that God wants to give each of us today. You know, you, we've heard, and you've, hopefully all of you have heard about the armor of God. It's something that we put on, right? It talks about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, all of these things, sword of the spirit, all of these. These, these are warfare tools that we put on to battle against the enemy, right? So peace is something that we need to put on and keep on daily. So I remember when we were in Africa, this Don has gotten a lot better at his water well process. I'm talking about when we didn't know what we were doing and we were trying to work it out. 
with the old rig, the small air compressors, you know, lifting the own, our pipes all by ourselves rather than hydraulic lifts. And we're, they're sophisticated now in, in the process they're doing. But I remember the Af we, had, we had five African workers that would help us. And Don and I would stand back operating the controls. Well, we made each of them wear a hard hat. They would get so mad because they'd be working that hard hat would fall off, fall in the mud. They'd throw it up and just throw mud all over themselves. They were, they were, I mean, they weren't telling me, but I could see it on their face. I didn't have to understand the language that they didn't like wearing that hard hat. And why are you wearing it? And why are you not? You, why are we wearing it? And why are you not wearing it? Well, I'll tell you what, that one day that they were lifting the pipe and it slipped and it hit him right on the top of the head with his hard hat on, you saw his eyes get about that big. And all of a sudden, the reality of why he was wearing that hard hat mattered. You don't know you need something until you're in a bad situation. And we don't realize what peace protects us from unless we're hit by it. So when we, we, when we, when we put on that peace, it will guard us. It'll protect us. So it's just like this ball cap. Man, I had a cowboy's hat. I knew I shouldn't bring it. I don't own a Texan's hat. I knew I shouldn't bring that one either. I think right here is neutral ground. I hope. A church divided is not a good thing. So when we talk about putting on, it doesn't matter if I set peace right there, if you have it, or if you're wearing it, man, I sure would like to just get that, that hat of peace on. It's going to be something that every single day for it to be effective in our life, we're going to have to put it on, and we're going to have to keep it in place. And I'm just going to have to walk around with it all the time. You know how we leave the house, what do we do? Wallet, keys, phone. Hopefully you got everything else, but that's the, that's the key components to life, right? Well, a lot of us are leaving this at home. We're putting it there because we see it. It's not important. Then we get on our phone. We start looking at, we get on Facebook and all this fear. Well, did y'all hear what's going on in the White House? Man, did you hear what happened with this? And man, you're getting freaked out. And, you, and you're not filtering it by the tool that God gave you because you left the most important thing at the house. You're not walking with peace covering your hearts and your minds. And so anything that this tells you or dictates or fear or trauma or whatever, did you hear what happened at this? And man, busted my heart, got to my mind. I'm all kinds of jacked up. Now I'm on there making posts too. Oh, I'm scared. What are we going to do about it? And this is what God wants. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But what does he say? But fear not. I have what? Overcome the world. And in order for us to be overcomers too, Guess what? We got to put the hat on every single day. And we got to walk in peace because we have to protect our mind and we have to protect our heart or else we'll believe everything and we'll live in fear and insecurity and, and doubt and, and we'll be tossed to and fro from, and we won't even see Jesus laying in the boat with us. We'll get so rattled by the storm. But I believe Jesus was sleeping with that ball cap on. He had peace. He didn't forget his hat that day, right? He kept it on and he wore it. It's something that he didn't lose. It wasn't something that one day I got it, one day I, I don't. But I believe that what God is wanting to give to us is a permanent peace, persistent peace. That's something that we wear all the time. We've been teasing Samuel because he'll change his shorts at night and he'll get up in the morning and he'll keep wearing them. And we're like, Samuel, you have to take your, we have to, you have to change your shorts. He's like, but I put them on last night. Is that right, Samuel? 
<laughs> ducking down. It's like, but they're clean. It has to almost be that bad. Noe, how come you don't ever take that hat off? Samuel, how come you don't ever change those shorts? Little different reasons, but the same thing applies. It almost be, it may be like, you never take that hat off. And I say, you're exactly right, because that's what it's supposed to be like. But what does the world tell you? Man, you don't need that. You can handle it. You don't need God. You don't need, you don't need his peace. You can deal with it. And then you're on medicine, and you're talking to a psychologist, and you're going through all of this stress. What do I do? You wear persistent peace, and you never take it off. It's something that guards you all the days of your life. We have to understand that God is a warrior. He's mighty in battle. He doesn't lose a battle. And he's given us all the tools we need to be successful. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. At verse 12 in that same chapter, it says, Lord, you establish our peace for us. What does that mean? That's something that God gives and something that God does. But I got to allow him to do it. So the world is really using fear to remove us from our persistent peace. You know, there's no battle in this life or in the next that God will not be victorious in. We have to understand who God is. Okay, God has told us about the battle that we are going to face. Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, we all know it. For we struggle not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realms. And then that's where it talks about, if you've never read about the armor of God, that right there starting in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. And it goes on and it tells you what you need to be successful in this life. You got to get that ball cap, you got to get that piece and you got to put it on and keep it on and never take it off. Almost to the point of where people are like, man, don't you ever? No, I don't. We got to learn to live like that. Live in perfect peace. Where our, our, our hearts and our minds are guarded all the time. So this, this is your supernatural spiritual hat that you got to put on. I'm not saying if you go buy one of these Houston Astros caps just like this and you put it on, you're going to have peace in your life. All right? It's something that, that God has to allow us to put on, but we have to be intentional with it. You know, even if you've got to walk through the motions, all right, Lord, flipping my cap on today, guard my heart, guard my mind. I desire to walk in the spirit of peace today that surpasses all understanding because my mind is messing me up right now, Lord, and I don't know the outcome, but I know who you are, God, and I can trust in that. And I, can, I trust that you're in the boat with me, that there's no storm too great. There's nothing that I'm going to go through in this lifetime that will not overtake me. But even if I do, you are there with me. And I, and I rest in the rest assurance of who God is and that I'm in the palm of his hands. Because some of us think that because we're in God's hands, we'll never go through a storm. And that's far from the truth. We just know that we will prevail and we will be okay and we will be secured. And we can rest assured that the outcome according to God's will will always be good. Rather, if I stay in this life or I go to the next. So the battlefield of the mind is where persistence, peace, 
is either secured or lost. Okay? Did you hear that? Persistent peace. It's either secured or lost right here in between your ears, guys and gals and kiddos. All right? Got to allow that peace of God to just overwhelm us. So it's a good idea to learn to battle before you're on the battlefield. But you guys have to understand, what does the enemy do? The enemy exploits us as soon as he can because he wants to destroy us before we have even be began to prepare for battle. That's why he starts tearing up our kiddos. Before they even have a chance to fight, he levels them. He, he knocks them right in the mouth, and it's like, man, well, that ain't very fun, and... You know, we're, start, we're getting the reality shaken more so who the devil is rather than who God is. But we need to teach our, even our young ones how to fight. And it's the same tools. And those tools are effective and it doesn't matter the age. But we got to know who God is and we got to trust in who God is. I know sometimes we want to give up. You know, I think if we've been defeated in the past or, or what we're going through seems too difficult. Um, yesterday, I sat through Cassidy's ball games. I'm going to use you in a story, baby. Sorry, I don't know if you'll love me or hate me forever. I don't know how this is going to work. You're never in here when I talk about you. See how that goes. I'm going to have to buy her an ice cream later. So we were, at a, we were at a softball game, and she was standing on the pitcher's mound. They hit a line drive to her, and it nails her right in her arm. So how many of you know at that moment, we've got a pivotal moment, well, it's going to happen. You know, she grabs her arm and everybody's like, is she okay? I was like, she won't die. Like, that's my initial good parenting, like first response. So they get her, they bring her to the dugout and I immediately go in there and I get next to her. I say, are you okay? Let me see it. You know, it's a little red and they're all freaking out. Get ice. I was like, it's okay. Did her in the arm, but you, you know, above reproach. I, I don't know what their policies or whatever are. So I look at her. I said, are you okay? She goes, yeah. I said, did it hurt? Yeah. I said, baby, you got to go back in. You can't stay out of the game. So I look at her. She grabs my neck and holds on. You know, that fearful, pivotal moment of, man, daddy, I don't know if I want to go back and do this again because it's something that's hit me so hard that I'm fearful to get back in the game. And then I stand back. I love her. I hug on her. I said, you're going to be okay. I said, baby, you got to go back in. She looked at me in my eyes and I said, are you ready now to go back in? She goes, yeah, dad. She gets up and she runs, but the coach isn't ready, and so she's running in the middle of the gas, and they're like, whoa, wait, 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 come back. That's where some of you guys are at today. You've been hit by something so hard, you're right on the fringe of not wanting to get back in. Not playing the game is not an option till you leave this life and go to the next. But God puts his arm around you, and he says, you can, you're going to be okay. You won't die. I'm here with you. He gives you all the, the, the nurture that you need, but then he encourages us to continue and to suit up for battle, and you're going to have marks. She had a mark on her arm. You could see where the ball hit her. She didn't just go back and say, oh, there's nothing there, no worries. No, there was a mark of the casualty that she took in that game. Let's tie that into the spiritual. There's times that the enemy will wound you and to try to knock you off course and to try to remove any sense of peace so that he can win the battle for your mind. And he can remove you from the equation of what God has for you in this lifetime for the rest of it. I hear many people fall off horses. They say, hey, the best thing to get over that is to get back on. Just like Cassidy. 
The best thing for her was to go back into that game, and I was so glad she did. I know when I was little, I quit baseball because I got hit in the ankle with a ball. I thought that ball was big and bad. I said, oh, it ain't that bad. You didn't get hit in the ankle. And I quit playing for years till I started scratching my head. I said, that stupid little ball, that's what I'm scared of. But in my mind, this thing could kill me. Think about the mind, right? The mind. And then at some point, I got back in the game. But I lost, I lost some time not playing. Wasn't as good as I was if I would have kept playing the whole time. So we're talking about a lot of practical illustration stuff, but let's always tie this to the spiritual. God wants us being in the game. There's a role that you have to play. There's a battle to be won here on the earth. But God just wants you to be willing. He doesn't want you to have all the weapons available because he's the one that brings the weapons. And he's the one that provides whatever we have need of to be victorious in this life. All he says is, trust me. Allow my persistent peace to cover you every moment of your life. And then be willing to do and to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit leads you to next. And you're going to realize life is going to be okay. So the Lord fights our battles for us. And we get to keep our peace as we stand back and watch the Lord secure our peace. And that's an awesome thing. We stand back and we watch God fight our battles for us. Every single time. Cecily, can I get you to come back up? This, this morning, you guys stand up with me. If we have a prayer team available this morning, please come up also. Man, I... Uh, I don't know specifically who this word was for this morning. I don't know if it was just a me thing that God was bringing me through this season of saying, Noe, I got you, man. I get so concerned, man, about like, ah, what if I mess this up, Lord? He says, buddy, you can't. I got it. I got, I'm way more control of this than you are. Just rest in that peace of who I am. And when I need you, I'll call you. God's more involved in this whole process than we are. So this morning, if, uh, if you need this persistent peace, if you need peace in your life and you're, you're, at the pla- you're at the place of saying, God, I need it or I'm not gonna make it, I wanna invite you to come up this morning. We just wanna pray over you and lay hands on you and, and release that supernatural peace into your life. You gotta have it. It's, 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 really, it's really not optional. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but this is something if you are going to go through this life as a Christian, you've got to have that peace. So this morning you say, no, I need that peace. I need it in my life. I don't have it. Just encourage you to come up this morning. And, uh, and then secondly, if you can't trust in your perception of who God is that this morning that he would reveal himself to you in such a real way that you would once again trust him with the rest of your life. Because I know sometimes when we're younger, we say, God, I give you my life. I trust you. You're good. And then when we get old enough to start thinking that, that, that thought process through, oh, well, maybe not. So that today, if you do not know who God is in a real way, that today he would lavish his love on you that he would reassure his confidence in you in who he is. That song that's been floating around, heard it this morning. This is how I fight my battles. 
It's more about us just praising and worshiping God for who he is, and then we allow God to go before us. And that's the only thing that reassures our victory every single time. That's it. With these two hands and all the energy and all the strength I got in my being, cannot accomplish anything apart from God's hand and purpose and plan in my life and God going before me. He says, I go before you in battle. I knit you in from behind in battle. And all I ask of you is that you would walk out that victory and trust in me. So two things this morning, kind of specifically. If you don't have peace and you've never lived and, and been guarded by peace, that today, you from this day forward, that you'd walk in perfect peace. And then secondly, if you've never... If you just, you, you can't rest assured in who God is, that God would reveal himself to you in a real way, that you could trust him with the rest of your life. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.